This is the Commercial Property Show Australia. Show number 21. Robert Kiyosaki does say that savers are losers. <laughs> I love that. Now's not the time to be saving. Seriously, now is the time to be aggressive. Now's the time to be out there and finding those deals. Hey, how's it going, commercial property community? Thank you for joining me once again today. My name is Andrew Bean. I'm your host of the Commercial Property Show, episode 21. Here we come. Today, I'm joined by Mish Daniel from Mish Daniel Commercial. We have a great chat around, is now a good time to be a commercial property investor? She goes through the types of property that are really hot right now, the types of property that you as an investor of commercial property should be targeting, and she also lets us know about the property type that she would not touch right now because it's absolutely been smashed. So this is a really, really great chat. I hope you enjoy it. Investing in commercial property is a lot like a team sport. You need a lot of good players around you to complete a property transaction. No one can do it alone. If you're like me and want to surround yourself with like-minded people who have similar property goals, people who motivate you and push you to achieve more, then come and join the commercial property community today. Go to www www.commercialpropertyshow.com.au Our expert guests are just waiting to answer your questions in the forum and together we can help each other reach the ultimate goal of financial freedom. Mish Daniel from Mish Daniel Commercial joins me on the show again today. How are you, Mish? Awesome. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling good about the market and good about the sunshine. Excellent. So 2020 has been one of the strangest years on record. We've seen a lot of change and change usually brings opportunity. I want to have a conversation around is now a good time to be a commercial property investor? So Mish, (laughs) in all your years you've been involved in commercial property, where would you rate the current climate out of 10 right now? Off the charts. I would say probably if you are holding commercial property at the moment and you've been thinking about selling, now is the time to sell. So there is such a hum and a buzz that is happening in the commercial markets. Properties, literally, properties that that originally would have maybe three or four months on the market are going under contract within three days, one week. Wow. So that's hot. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah, excellent. And so why do you think the current market is so desirable right now? I'd say 100% got to do with the interest rate. If anybody's sitting on any volume of cash that is sitting in an account or investments that are starting to look like they're going south, commercial real estate is one of the most stable investments to be investing in. I mean, 
if you think about it, if you're getting 2% anywhere else and you can get 7% out of commercial, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yep, that's it. You're putting an extra 5% in your pocket. So I'm being conservative by saying 2%. I mean, the banks aren't even paying 2%. If you've got any money in the bank at the moment, it's going to be hurting you. And in fact, if you run the numbers, what you're getting from the bank versus what you could be getting out of a positive yielding property, you'll notice that your graph would be heading straight up. Whereas if you're with the bank, your money's actually going down. So for every 100000 that you got in the bank, you're not earning money out of it. It's actually going down where you could be making a hell of a lot more, even if it's at 5% in between, even 4% is a hell of a lot more than wasting it doing nothing. Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki does say that savers are losers. <laughs> I love that. Well, absolutely. Now's not the time to be saving. Seriously, now's the time to be aggressive. Now's the time to be out there and finding those deals. And what we've seen in the markets over the last, I'd say, three months has just been mind-blowing. The amount of money that's come into the market and the properties that are being sold go into the market at a certain price, and it's almost like open bidding where they're just reaching their price and more. We haven't hit the point where, where I would say there's a drastic shortage of stock, but we're fast getting there. Okay, so what type of assets should you be targeting right now? Primarily warehousing, so industrial, I would say would be number one. I break commercial into three different areas. It's industrial, retail, and office commercial. So I would say the hottest at the moment would be industrial commercial is most definitely the place to be looking and or retail, depending on where you are in the country and what your palette is, there's that slight crossover between industrial retail as well, where you've got a retail component or you've got showroom with industrial in it. That's probably the safest, best place to be. High-rise commercial, I wouldn't go near it right now. Street-level commercial, still okay. So it's kind of that bulky goods type of commercial that has a showroom at front and a warehouse at the back. Yeah, for smaller investors, most certainly. For bigger investors, I would go full out into heavy industrial warehousing. And how do you feel about single-use properties like self-storage or like caravan parks? Fantastic place to be. I do feel as if they are slightly transient, though. Self-storage is always going to be a good place to invest in. Caravan parks, depending on what the caravan park presents. So in other words, what are the opportunities? So if you're buying a caravan park that is already renovated with the uplifts and with the good clientele in it, so long as it's producing good returns, then if somebody's done it for you already, then great place to be. I think that kind of edges into the residential sector. And if I'm thinking about that, I'm just thinking due diligence. So a lot of due diligence would you'd want to do around something like that. On the other hand, I get excited if I think about caravan parks that are underdeveloped that haven't been through that gentrification yet, because that's most certainly where there are huge opportunities, huge capital invest required, but massive opportunities. Very exciting space to be in. Yeah, I definitely like the caravan parks with huge potential as well. So we touched mm. on it just before. So 
for the listeners, what assets should be 100% avoided? High-rise commercial, you said. I reckon high-rise commercial at this stage. Andrew, I mean, realistically, we're talking about a season over here. And when I say we're talking about a season, this too shall pass. So, yes, it has been a game changer. And I think a lot more people are maintaining their status quo of working from home and having home offices. However, in the real world, in two years' time, we're going to look back and we're going to say, mm, that's what happened next COVID. There is going to be massive recovery. In my opinion, it might take that two-year cycle to get there. So you could probably pick up some fantastic bargains at the moment in that space and you can negotiate harder whether you're going to have tenants and I'm talking particularly vacant property and or if they end of lease or lease renewals, that sort of thing, that's where you're going to pick up those opportunities. I do believe that that market is going to come back, just not right now. What about retail? Do you think retail will recover? Absolutely, without doubt. I think retail is going to change its face slightly. So retail is going to become more distribution orientated and you can already see it in post offices in micro businesses are now doing more online business, but they're maintaining their retail spaces and just leveraging off what the market's requirement is right now, which is more online business. Okay, so what changes have made the biggest impact in today's market? When you say what changes, are we talking about where we are today post-COVID-19? Or I talk about a post-COVID-19, however, the rest of the world is still back in (laughs) COVID-19. Just the changes Um, that have made the market good or bad right now currently. My philosophy about that is there's never a bad market. (laughs) (laughs) I I look at the market every day, every night for the past 32 years, I wake up and I'll find brilliant deals. So for me, the market is always good. So it's very much a matter of keeping your ear to the ground and knowing where to pick up those deals and what kind of deals. So sniffing out the types of deals that you can find the opportunities in and factor opportunities in. A perfect example of that is I have some clients who have bought some very nice thing properties and their tenants have gone out. And my attitude about that is so long as you have a product, you'll always have a client. So it's about how you market that product that makes all the difference. So you're always with a tenant, doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. I do believe that a good quality investor can find a deal in any type of market and it's actually a bad market. That's when the really good deals come out. Correct. I'll second that hundred times over. I mean, we have seen the most amazing deals coming through this year. And in fact, I think we have been busier this year than we have ever been before. That's great. Yeah, it's got everything to do with the entire national situation with COVID-19. So what marketplace do you currently operate in, Mish? Marketplace as in territories, areas. Yeah, where are most of your deals coming from, just so the listeners know where we're talking about? Look, we are very Queensland-centric. So a lot of our deals are Queensland at the moment for a number of reasons. I do believe that Queensland is one of the states being on the eastern seaboard that hasn't hit its peak yet. We do do quite a couple of deals in South Australia, 
and New South Wales as well. So New South Wales has been a very interesting place to be in because New South Wales CBD has been quite affected by what's happened in COVID-19. However, the, the metro continues to grow and I don't think that's going to stand still. The area that we've kind of stepped back from has probably been Victoria. And having said that, as soon as Victoria is on the mend, which it is now, I think now is when we're going to start seeing amazing opportunities. They're not going to look amazing when you look at them, but when you dig deeper, we are going to be finding some fantastic gems in Victoria. What locations have you seen the most potential? So is, you're saying that Victoria possibly has the most potential out of all the areas just because it's been in, down the dumps for so long? Potentially, yes. Like I said, probably not immediate. Like I would reckon by early next year, a lot of the dust would have settled and a lot of businesses would have changed. I think a lot of people would have gone out of business. It would have created an opportunity for a lot of new businesses to pop up as well. And somebody was asking me, how can I say that? Well, entrepreneurs have got business in their blood. So in other words, just take the hospitality industry, for instance, your Italian restaurant. Those guys have been doing Italian hospitality for the last 20, 30 years. If they've gone out of business, what are they going to do when they need to get back into business? What do they know? They know the same business. Yeah, I agree. hospitality. So they're going to go back into what they know. They're going to be looking for those opportunities. They're going to be changing space and place and going back into it. All right, Miss. So how has working from home affected the office sector in your marketplace? Well, I think in terms of commercial office space, it has absolutely smashed that market, depleted it. Not only that, I think as a result of working from home, there are so many platforms that have just upped their games so much like Zoom and Teams and Skype, a couple of other platforms that have really upped their game to such an extent that a lot of people are saying they don't actually have to go and work in offices anymore. So the office space is just, never mind dying, it's been smashed. As a result of working from home, (laughs) I mean, people are loving working from home and they don't have to go back into the office. From a business perspective, those businesses that have got rentals in those office spaces are desperately looking for ways to get out of those rentals, obviously. So do you think that the office sector, you touched on it before, it will recover or do you think there'll always be a working from home element from now on? Okay, so if I had a crystal ball, I'd have a a huge following. But in my opinion, I think the office space is going to change forever. And I think we're moving into an age where new interventions are going to be coming in. And I think office space is automatically going to have to change into presenting itself slightly differently. So with regards large businesses that have been operating from office spaces, I think to a certain extent they're going to have to maintain a certain amount of that, but less of what they had in the past. Do you think this will open up a broader location where the office worker might live like two hours away from the office and they might work from home at some point? during the week and then they might travel in for the important meetings maybe. Do you think this will open up broader locations or wider locations where people will actually want to live? Most definitely and I think it has already produced that 
through this period, if we just have a look at what's been happening over the last couple of months, where people don't necessarily need to be in their offices, they're saying they want to get out of the rat race, which is great for the market because it's created a little bit of an up in the more regional areas. So does that then in turn create an opportunity for, say, retail cafes or just shops around that local area in that region to possibly pick their game up because they're going to have more population there? Without a question. Without a question. We've seen the most unbelievable stuff. I'll tell you a little story. I'm a very keen mountain biker, off-road biker, and we went up to one of the regional areas. I don't mind mentioning it, if I may. Go for it. So it's up in Yarraman. Now, Yarraman is really made up of probably about four or five shops, and it's a little town in the middle of a road in the middle of nowhere. Traditionally, Yarraman was established as one of the stop-off points for trains. And they've got this old hotel that's been standing there since 1801, or they built it around about that time. And the hotel has just been dying a very sad death over the time. Nobody really frequented it. Now, a couple has moved out from the city. They've gone and they've picked this hotel up for absolutely nothing, really. They've picked it up for a steal. They have done a huge amount of renovations, and they've turned this around. This hotel is an absolute destination. It is just one of the most amazing places to go and visit, to go there for an afternoon drive, to go there for a lunch. They have turned it around and it looks magnificent, the whole experience. And that's what I'm talking about, people having to be more creative about spaces. And I think we're going to see more and more of that where they're realizing they don't have to be in the city. And if they've got half a creative eye on them, they can be creating tremendous value out of what was a dying market. That's what I love about commercial property and property development in general. It's so creative. Like if you have a creative eye and you can see something that someone else couldn't, there's so much value to be had. Andrew, you know what? Even if you don't have a creative eye, partner up with somebody who does. And a perfect example of that is we're busy doing a warehouse renovation at the moment. And it's just your average stock standard bricks and mortar square warehouse that is nothing unbelievably different. However, what we've done is we've decided to partner with some designers and architects, and we've given them a vision of what we see is potentially possible in that warehouse, in that area. They've come back to us with the most mind-blowing concepts, ideas. So we've given them the idea and we've asked them to work on it and we've given them a sort of elementary ideas of where we see it going. And they have come back with the most beautiful creative that is, it's absolutely mind-blowing. And to date, everybody who's seen it is just blown. Everybody's saying, I want to live there. I want that warehouse. Wow. Yeah. So when you start working with a client, Mish, do they request the type of property that they want to purchase or do you guide them in a way? Look, it's very much a matter of what their appetite is. So I would sense where they are and what they like and what they're wanting. So a certain amount of guidance. At the same time, I would most definitely lead them away from the red flags, what I call the red flags, and I would lead them towards the greener pastures by educating them mentoring them, showing them what is trending, where the opportunities are, and how to turn lemon into lemonade, put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing that most of the paths that you've been leading people down is towards industrial. 
Pretty much, not necessarily industrial only. There's, uh, depending on the type of client and what their investment level is, we're doing a heap of retail as well. But when we have a look at retail, we look at retail with upsides. So we're always looking at exit strategies. So in other words, what else can that specific retail produce? What would be good there? What is passing traffic? So we, we look at variations of the entire property. I call it the gestalt of the property. We look at everything around the property to make an assessment of whether it's a worthy cause or not. And I guess if the property is vacant or it does have a lease on it, you would pair that with a person that could possibly be more of an active to more of a passive investor. Very much so, absolutely. If somebody's a little bit brazen and they can weather a little bit of holding income and they want to be a little bit more aggressive in the market, there's more opportunity for them to buy something that is vacant or semi-vacant. And what we teach and we coach is how to get the best out of those properties. So how to get them tenanted, how to do the uplift in the property and get the best possible return on those investments. And then again, you have the vanilla investors who just want a set and forget, something clean and simple where they don't have to do any work, they're just going to have the cash flow coming in. So we cater for both of those. It's very dependent. When I speak to somebody, I will have that conversation with them and I allow them to rate themselves out of a scale of one to 10 where they see themselves on that scale. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Yes, they invest at their comfort level. Yeah, definitely. So just jumping back to industrial, have the cap rates tightened in your area now? Massively, absolutely. I think the cap rates have just tightened over the last couple of months, let alone how they've been moving since the beginning of the year. So the beginning of the year wasn't exactly directional, but I'd say within the last three to five months, they've just tightened up completely. So at the start of the year, can you let me know what number you would be expecting the yield to be, the cap rate, and then where they've gone to now? Look, very dependent of which area you're looking in. I'm going to speak very broadly in and around, let's say, Sunshine Coast, Toowoomba, Brisbane, Gold Coast. Beginning of the year, we could be picking up properties at around about 8%. So between that 7 or 8%. Those same properties would be well into 6% today. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Has lending been harder to secure for your clients now? Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's been crazy. What the lenders are doing, and particularly the big banks, is they really are turning every single stone. So I had a meeting with, with one of the big banks yesterday, in fact, and they just said that they're having to be so cautious so far more cautious about who they're lending to and the type of lending. So they've pulled back a lot. And as opposed to in the past where they might just have um, had a look at the strength of the property, the lease, the tenants, and they'd look at the investor to a certain extent, they are now scrutinizing the investor, the investor's spend, their assets, their liabilities, and then doing exactly the same thing on the properties and the leases as well. So they really, really are digging a hell of a lot deeper. As a result of that, the paper trail has probably doubled. Wow. 
So mm. it seems like it's a bit more like a residential lending environment now. I'd say a residential lending under a microscope. I believe that residential lending is still a hell of a lot easier than what commercial <laughs> is. <laughs> Really, I mean, residential lending, they're throwing residential lending out there as much as they possibly can to anybody who qualifies on a 10% deposit, whereas in commercial, they are squeezing and squeezing and squeezing right down. And you got to understand it from a commercial lending perspective. The banks, they have massive uncertainty, so they really want to make sure that they're going to be recouping their budgets, their spends, their investments. Yeah, I definitely see that. What interest rates and LVRs are the banks willing to lend in the marketplace right now? Again, depending on where the property is and who the client is, gone are the days of 80% in commercial. You'd be really, really lucky to get something at 80%. And the only way you'd get that is probably it's safe, a 10-year lease and you've got very good serviceability. So we were talking about that again. I was speaking to the bankers yesterday and they're looking at 50%, which would be regional areas and around about 65% LVRs on areas, metro and surrounding areas, fringe areas. So all these good deals are around now and it's harder to buy them. You've got to have more money. So this is really a market for if you've been sitting on a pile of cash for a while or your self-managed super fund is cash rich, now's the time that you want to be spending that. I see a lot of people that are pulling money out of their PPRs, out of their personal place of residence, which makes absolute sense because if they're paying 2.85% or 3% on their residence and they can be buying a property with a 7% yield, well, there's a good 3 to 4% that they can be putting in their pockets and paying their residence off a hell of a lot quicker. So it's all a matter of where are your risk levels, how well do you know the markets? Do you want to make your money work harder for you? Yeah, I really like the idea of being very, very liquid in times like these so you can take opportunity when it comes knocking at your door and then you can always refinance that money back out again once we get out of this little slump and everyone feels the market's moving the right direction. Absolutely. I mean, that refinancing thing is imperative with if you're not refinancing your home loans right now, I think you're making a big mistake. Having a look at your entire portfolio, this is really a time to be looking at that entire portfolio and fine-tuning it and making your money work as hard, harder than what it has been working before. So do you think 2020 could be a turning point for more investors to get involved in commercial property? If they're not, they're missing out. <laughs> so to answer your question, yes, I do. And I think a lot of people have come over, particularly from residential. A lot of people are engaging us and asking us to just have a look at their portfolios from residential and what can we do for them on the commercial side. And it's a no-brainer. I mean, if residential investments that are only yielding 4 or 5% and they can still be getting about 7 or 8% in commercial, then it makes investment sense to move over. So why do you think most investors gravitate towards residential first? Very easy. Residential is what we're accustomed to. It's what our moms and dads do. It's something that we lived in, and I think the market has always made it a hell of a lot easier to buy residential property. 
not only that, there's high demand in the residential sector. So there's a shortage of housing, which means that you're always going to get a tenant, not necessarily the best tenant. And I think where a lot of people fall short is not managing those properties correctly and not knowing how to manage the tenants. But it most certainly is a hell of a lot easier buying residential investment property. When I say buying it, it's a lot easier to purchase residential investment property than it is to purchase commercial. Commercial has five to six areas of due diligence, whereas residential only realistically has two areas of due diligence. I'm simplifying it. Of course, we could Mm. dig a lot deeper into that. But in simple terms, that's basically it. So it's just a matter of it's just easier to understand. Hell of a lot easier to understand. The numbers work a lot easier in residential, whereas in commercial, they're very, very complex. I always say to people in commercial, you've got to have the business acumen because you're not only buying a bricks and mortar. You're not only buying a building alone. You are investing in your tenants' occupancies so and their businesses as well. So you're looking for the stability in their businesses that is going to see you through in your commercial property. So, And that's why I say to you, there's between five to six areas that you need to cover in due diligence, and those areas go deep. We've got over 250 points of due diligence that we would cover when doing a commercial property. Just for the listeners, can you just rattle off those six points, Mish? Yeah, sure. So it would be the building itself, it would be the area, it would be the location, it would be the tenants, the strength of the tenants, the leases, and there's your six areas. Beautiful. All right, Miss, if you had to sum up 2020 in one word, what would it be and why? (laughs) (laughs) Mind-blowing. We've had an unbelievable – in fact, I'll take that back. Let's call it unbelievable because this year – for me, has been an unbelievably different year. It's presented unbelievable opportunities in a good way, and it's been an unbelievable year in terms of, and sadness at the same time. So I think whatever you focus on, you get more of, and we've been focusing on the good parts of the year, and I'll choose to stay focusing on the goodness of the year. That's great. I love that. So, Mish, it's been great chatting with you today. Where can the listeners go to find out more about you and your services? So, best place to start is on my website, which is mishdanielcommercial.com.au. We've got a lot of free information on there. There's a lot of blogs, vlogs, webinars, and my contact details are there, but best that they get in contact through the website and one of those links. Fantastic. Today's guest has been Mish Daniel. Thanks, Mish. Thanks, Andrew. See you again. Cheers. All right, all right. That brings us to our newest segment to the show, and that segment is called Ripper Resource. In this segment, I'm going to share some resources that I have personally used, read, or listened to that have made a big difference in my life, and I think they deserve to be shared. So, this week's Ripper resource is... If you're not first, 
your last by Grant Cardone. And I like to say it with an American accent, a bad American accent. So it's, if you're not first, you're last. It's an amazing book if you own a business. If you do own a business, you have to read this book. It talks about the amount of action that you need to be taking to thrive in any type of economy, good or bad. He calls it the sick, unreasonable action. Grant Cardone is just hes an amazing writer. He's an amazing motivator as well. So if you're not listening to any kind of his stuff, you need to get on that. But it's a really, really great book for all types of businesses. And it's this week's Ripper Resource. If you're not first, you're last by Grant Cardone. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to visit our website, commercialpropertyshow.com.au to check out all the blogs and the forums and everything else on that website. Thank you to my guests, Mitch Daniel and Kevin McLeod for the music. And in the words of Uncle G, Grant Cardone, pay the price today so you can pay any price tomorrow. I'm Andrew Bean, signing off. This is has been a developer live production.